Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. <coughs> Perfect health. I am your host, Hemi Mooley Jr. And we are back with Sports Beat After Hours, and I am back with my co-host, or we're both co-hosts, I guess. My local lovable Canuck, the man from the Great White North, Zachary Hicken. Hemma, I'm gloved up. I'm masked up. <laughs> We're safe in the studio. We are safe. It's good to be back in the Sports Beat After Hours studios. It's been a long time. Four months, to be exact. And four Has it months, been four months? Yeah. I thought we, we well, recorded like a one-off episode a few months ago. It was after or right before the NFL draft, right? I don't... When was the NFL draft? It feels April? like a year ago. So I think the yeah. last time we recorded was That's back right. in April. That's right. We haven't done anything since. Um, we've been very busy, and we'll get to that later. We'll talk about right. everything that we've been up to since. But the reason that we're back is because the Jazz are back, and basketball yes. is back. And uh, the Utah Jazz are now in the NBA bubble um, down in Orlando. They've been there for what? I think a little uh, more than... A few a weeks, week? I think. I think it's been about ten days. Okay, a I think they weeks. left. Off, okay, so I think it. Um, I think it's been ten or eleven days now. Okay, I think they left on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember exactly, but anyway, they're down there. They're getting ready to play their first scrimmage games. Are going to start this week, mm-hmm. and then a week from Thursday, they're going to kick off the season. We're also going to preview that. We're this is a two part episode. We're going to preview that. Um, that game against New Orleans, the Pelicans, um, next Monday. So yeah, uh, make sure you guys tune in for that. But um, let's get started with the Jazz themselves, okay? Okay. The biggest topic, the biggest question mark going into the bubble is what is going on with Bojan Bogdanovic. Obviously, he's out. Yep. How are the Jazz going to adjust? How are the Jazz going to play without Bojan? Um, and the big reason... or. This is a major adjustment to the Jazz style of play for this season because when he uh, gets up and down the floor, he uses the most fast break transitions. He shoots more than 50% from the corner three. He's one of the top Mm -hmm. three-point shooters in the league. So he kind of spreads the floor a little bit. But we also saw that he was struggling at the rim. He was struggling to um, drive. And, you know, he's also not, like, the best defender. So maybe this gives more minutes to um, a guy like Royce. And a guy like Joe, who, you know, Joe is very similar. I'd say that Joe is yeah. a little bit more impactful on the defensive end. Uh-huh. Um, he's a little bit more pesky. Uh, he kind of bothers people a little bit more. I'm not necessarily that he's a better defender, but he finds sure. ways to kind of get it done. Um, How is it going to affect a guy like George Niang? True. Um, on the who, second unit. You know, he usually only gets like 12 minutes per game. Is he going to maybe bump that up to like 15 to 18? Right. Um, is Emmanuel Moutier going to be a factor? How is it going to impact Mike Conley and Donovan? Um, so there's so many question marks. The one thing that we have heard from the Jazz is that they are planning to go very up-tempo. They're going to try and go a little bit small. I think we'll maybe see Tony Bradley factored in a little bit more um, in lineups than we normally would. And maybe they'll use some of these um, young rookies that they have uh, like Jarrell Brantley mm-hmm. um, in games. I, th- I think Jarrell Brantley has a terrific future in for the sure. NBA. I think that he's going to be a rotation player eventually. This might be a chance for him to uh, kind of, um, well, he's not going to waste his shot. <laughs> 
I like that. Yeah. Um, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think Tony Bradley, you know, even uh, Rudy Gobert said that Tony Bradley is the best he's ever seen him, right? Mm-hmm. So Tony Bradley's improved a lot. Uh, one person I'm really hoping gets a lot of rotation minutes with the first squad, actually, ever since Quinn said that they were going to go up-tempo, small ball, quick, I'm thinking Jordan Clarkson's going to get a lot of minutes, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I hope so because he's he's good on the defensive side. Now all these guys we say they they're obviously no replacement for Boyan because Boyan is one of, also one of the clutchest NBA players of this well this past season before yeah. the interruption two right? game winning shots this year. And so um, can Clarkson can Moutier can you know Mike Conley even like take some of that production. Uh, We'll see. I mean, also, yeah. it's been so long since anyone's really played. So um, there's a lot of question marks to be to be answered. But I think uh, I'm just excited because I think this Jazz team is going to um, – I think they're going to make some noise out in Orlando. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, if they get bounced early, that'll be awful for us. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of people that could potentially step into this role – earn minutes and it's a good opportunity for all of them absolutely yeah i'm excited to see i think jordan clarkson mike conley and donovan mitchell are gonna see their roles change a little bit i think conley's gonna see a little bit more usage maybe we see clarkson rather than coming off the bench as like the first guy off maybe he gets moved into the starting rotation Mm -hmm. um maybe we see joe play off the ball a little bit more and maybe he plays some minutes with like moody and clarkson like kind of handling like point guard duties um and he kind of plays that uh role that bojan did where he's like camping out in the corner um and uh just doing like the catch and shoot thing rather than creating i mean um luckily it's not something that like happened once they got down there in the bubble and now they have to adjust like They've known about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. They've been able to kind of prepare. Quinn is just a brilliant coach scheme-wise. Sure. Um, and so he's been able to prepare for how he thinks what lineups. I mean, he knows this team so well. And I know Quinn said that this is kind of an interesting situation because um, they came into the season with so many new guys that it was kind of like when they entered um, training camp before the season started, it was kind of like teaching everybody – everything for the first time yeah but now they're kind of going over it and they're like okay we remember and he's able to install more packages um and more uh you know like inbound plays more um half court sets more stuff in transition more like yeah fast break plays and there's a, a level of comfort that wasn't there yeah before and so the jazz also kind of have a little bit of a benefit with utah um, easing restrictions earlier than some of these other big cities, True. they've kind of gone through that whole reconditioning on the court thing, and they were able to get to five on five faster. Maybe we'll see this as a benefit um, yeah. once games actually start back up. That's true. I never thought about that. You know, Quinn is probably. I think time was nothing but kind to him because you know yeah. we also not only does he know the personnel we're using with the Jazz, he already you know foresaw the surgery that was scheduled for Boyan to fix his wrist. But he also knows who's going into the bubble and who's going to be there and who mm-hmm. we're going to match up against. So I think you're right. I think that's a that's a good point, and that does make me feel better actually um, about our chances. And you know what? Even if we win the title and it has an asterisk on it, worth it. I don't care. Yeah. No. Totally it doesn't take, matter. I mean, I think in some ways, 
that asterisk, you know, should kind of be taken off because this is such a weird, unique circumstance. Like, true to um, to win in this, like a lot of things have to go right. Now, you know, it could mean that a lot of things go wrong for other teams, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of things would have to go right for the team that ultimately ends up on top. Um, now, it would be great if it was the Jazz. Do I think it's likely? No, no, but. You know, depending on the matchup that they get in the playoffs, potentially they could make a little bit of a run um, and set themselves up for something next year. Yeah. And the reason why we're looking forward to, like, next year, like, the next two years are going to be the pivotal years for the Jazz. And I know that it's always next year, next year, next year. But it's like LeBron's been in the league for 17 years now. He's got to slow down sometime. You know, is it going to be year 18, 19? Possibly. Yeah. Um, Is is a guy like – and. You know, the Clippers experiment could potentially blow up if Kawhi and Paul George don't win a championship. I could see Kawhi bolting to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and you know, it would be interesting if, and I know this this is just spewing, but like, you know, maybe Kawhi is unhappy and he goes over to the Lakers after two years with the Clippers and he doesn't win a championship, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And so we just don't know. Like, there's so much movement in the NBA. I mean, we even heard rumors with the Jazz this offseason that like, the Jazz were well. The teams were uh, think looking at the possibility of like picking up Rudy Gobert because of like the tension that was existing between between Donovan and Rudy. And guess what's funny about that is the second like we get back to basketball, all of those stories disappear. Gone. Like yeah. no one's talking about it anymore <laughs> because that was the only thing that we could focus on, and right. it was a major major story. Yeah. Um. But like. Things just kind of have a way of working themselves out, like, once you're on the court and, like, you're able to communicate and, like, you know, winning solves everything. Right. You know? Winning solves everything. Playing, you know, brushes a lot of this news aside. And, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, now we're focusing on the, this is like, the last week and a little bit without basketball. I think everyone's just pumped to see what's going to happen in Orlando. Yeah, one of the things that I've been pumped to see coming out of Orlando is just, like, what's going on in the bubble? Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, so Hem and I were talking about this earlier before we came on the air, and it's like, I would, so I think there's only, like, 20 reporters across the entire country that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Anderson had Kyle Goon. He was a former jazz beat writer, uh, formerly with the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, he's now working for, I believe, the Orange County Register covering their Lakers. So he's down in the bubble, and he was talking about it, and it's just like he said, like he would like go out for a walk and see guys like uh, like LeBron James, like out riding right. a bike, or Giannis, like you know riding his bike, or like people out for like jogs, and like it just sounds to me like NBA summer camp, and like all these like exactly. NBA players just like hanging out, or like you know like the This Is Sports Center commercials where they kind of make it seem like the players yeah. are always hanging out up in Bristol at uh-huh. the ESPN headquarters. Like I feel like that's like this but in real life yeah. like could you imagine just like going out to like a restaurant and like you walk in just, and like sitting at one table is like lebron and anthony davis and jr smith yeah. and javel mcgee and you look over at like another table and it's like donovan mitchell and jordan clarkson and at another table it's like Giannis and yeah. like his brother and you know like that would be pretty crazy yeah. that'd be pretty cool uh i think you're dude nba summer camp Sounds so dope, and I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Like, the one thing that I'm really curious about is, so I know, like, the the players from, like, separate teams aren't really supposed to, like, interact or anything, but, like, how much, like, um, scheming is going on? Oh, like, how much tampering? tampering? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, Dude, all the tampering like, is happening. So I was listening. I can't remember, and I'm sorry for not citing exactly who I heard it from. I think it may have been Malika Andrews. Anyway, it was on the ESPN Daily podcast, and whoever the reporter was was talking about how, like, there's, like, this one restaurant that's, like, super popular with, like, the players, and so they're all, huh. like, they're all usually, there. like, going there to go, like, get food before or after practice, and so, like, yeah. you just go down there, or, like, in the lobby, they're kind of, like, hanging out, and so, like, you just got to imagine, like, there's stuff going on, and, like, For we're sure. seeing videos of, like, you know, like, the jazz players, like, um, like, guys like Mieoni and, like, Nigel Williams-Goss and Jarrell Brantley, like, they're just hanging out at the arcade, and they're just playing, like, yeah. air hockey every day. <laughs> And so, like, I'm sure, like, they're a little bit bored, like, you know, yeah, just, like, not being able to, like, go out and do their own thing. But, like, they have a lot of stuff that they can do, and I'm sure it's a lot of fun. A lot of- I'm sure guys from different teams are, like, matching, like, meeting up and, like talking about, like, Faux some possibilities. Shows. It's it Like you said, it's just like at summer camp where, you know, they, I mean, they're, they're building a, a barbershop for Pete's sake, yeah. like, in the middle of the, the, the park yeah. you know it's just it's random and i think uh dude if if you think tampering is not going on you need to like wake up and yeah. you know it's it tampering happens i think all the time cuz i mean even if they let's say they weren't in the bubble and it was just normal a normal day dude they play you know call of duty against each other all the time and like yeah. uh you know fortnite or i don't know whatever the kids play yeah. and uh you don't think they're talking about stuff they you don't think they're making friendships uh, that'll, they hope, eventually lead to the basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting to see who the new banana boat crew is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like, I want to know who LeBron's talking to. I want to know who, For like, sure. Kawhi's talking to. And um, I guess, like, Kyrie and Kevin Durant aren't there. But, you know, like, guys like that. Like, who's Giannis talking to? Like, right. that's the biggest question. Like, who is Giannis meeting up with who's russell westbrook meeting up with mm-hmm. who's james hard meeting up with who are the jazz players meeting up with yeah probably no one of consequence <laughs> but anyway um yeah it's uh i've also enjoyed like all the little videos that like snippets that are like shown up on instagram yeah what's the like, account that you follow that, i think it's like nba bubble life or something okay. like that yeah. where they just they're basically just like stuff. taking like screen recordings of like all the stuff that nba players are posting and man some of the stuff's funny like we got like like uh Jordan Clarkson was like shotgunning a beer yeah. the other day um with uh who was it that he uh I think it was Royce, right? Yeah, it was Royce and Jordan Clarkson, thank you. Um and so he was like shotgunning a beer cuz like JJ Reddick shotgunned a beer uh-huh. and like I can't remember everyone who did and like the stuff with like Tobias Harris and um, right. Boban Marjanovic and like just all this stuff is just so funny. And again, it's like all these NBA superstars are like in this just little bubble, yeah, and just seeing like them interact on social media is just so entertaining. Like it's cool. it is just like it's so bizarre. Like I almost feel like it's like the Hunger Games, but like without violence, you know? <laughs> like or they're bonding before, like with the training. Yeah, stuff. we're just like all watching everything. Well, yeah, and I guess like you know they're eventually going to start eliminating each other. That's true. Um, I like that. Yeah, Love it's the like NBA Hunger Games. <laughs> We're gonna have to incorporate yeah, that into some sort of like something. sports beat after hours meme. That's a great idea. Um, anyway, it's been it's been a lot of fun to uh, yeah just watch everything, and I'm just excited for games to get started up again. We're we're just a little over a week away. Yeah, 
and I can't wait. Like, the countdown is on. Um, in fact, the Jazz have scrimmages this week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these are games of no consequence. I think they're going to be shortened games, these exhibition format games. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like a full 48-minute game, but they're playing the Suns, the Heat, and the Nets. Yeah. Um, Which are great matchups, I think, because, I mean, you know, the the Suns, we face them all the time. The Heat, you know, as of the end of – it's not last season. Do you say this season? The end, like the – Yeah, Towards yeah, the end of season. this season, right? Yeah. You know, there was the whole Rudy versus uh, – what's his face from the Heat? Bam Adebayo. Yeah, Adebayo, yeah. like that whole uh, rivalry. So it'll be exciting to, to watch for sure, just the, the matchups. And even if it's not like a real game – It'll be good to see. Well, it's going to be good for the Jazz because they'll be able to incorporate guys like, you know, like Jarrell Brantley, mm-hmm. um, some of these guys who haven't gotten a lot of time. Maybe we see George start getting a few more minutes um, just because, you know, these are games of no consequence. They don't have anything to do with the standings. The Suns already aren't great. The Nets, right. like, you're going to see guys who don't get a lot of minutes normally probably oh, get sure. a bunch of minutes because, one, it's going to be the last game before, like, things actually ramp up. And, two, like, the Nets are just completely decimated. Like, I think yeah. they're, like, short, like, six or seven guys. And, like, even guys that they're signing have had to, like, leave the bubble or, like, they've had to, like, re-sign other guys. So it's yeah. been pretty crazy for them. Um, yeah, but I'm just excited for things to get started back up. I know I've said that, like, five times. Yeah, but, yeah. like really it has been a long four months dude it's like the light at the end of the tunnel like we know in our minds that nba is like well technically mls was the first you know but uh, they aren't considered like a major like one of the four major leagues like i think that they're climbing and i think that there's potential that they're going to be there but they just don't carry the same buzz like for example like our service that we use to like pull in video Mm -hmm. like we're getting we're getting that. exhibition footage from like major league baseball games but like we can't even get like real MLS games like on yeah. the service. So it's just stuff like that that you know soccer is definitely growing in popularity. There have been some great games in the MLS's back tournament. There's been some great games in the NWSL Challenge Cup. True. Um but it just had you know it's still it's, yeah coming up. Right. And so yeah, with NBA becoming like the light at the end of the tunnel. We know that after that, hopefully, football is just around the corner. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I have an uneasy feeling about all the footballs, right? Like high school, college, yeah. NFL. I don't know what to think yet. So I I think that the NBA has perfected this bubble idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I Everyone that you've heard from, like, they were kind of uneasy about it. But once they got there, they're like, this is very safe this is as safe as it can get like they feel very comfortable down there and to be fair there's markedly less people involved yes now something like the nfl um i know there's a lot of concern right now from players because uh the nfl um had like health officials create a plan for them and they're kind of like already like going against the plan that was created i mean rookies are supposed to be reporting for training camp later today quarterbacks and injured players i think on wednesday and then the rest of the roster by friday mm-hmm. we saw this whole um campaign started by the nfl players association today well i guess sorry yesterday if you're listening on monday on sunday the hashtag we want to play and they're kind of complaining about how there's been a lack of communication mm-hmm. they feel like the guidelines have kind of been broken and they want to play but they just want to make sure that they feel safe and I don't think that's the case yet with NFL um, players. Yeah. Now, it is possible 
that um, potentially the NFL um, is able to figure out something that's going to work. And, you know, like my idea is like you kind of do like these um, offshoot like bubbles. Okay. So you have like 32 teams in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you break it off into like eight bubbles okay. of four teams. And they play at like one site um, for three weeks. The eight teams play at one site. So, so the four teams play at eight bubble sites. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so they're, the four oh, team pods play at yeah. eight bubble sites. Eight sites. Um, and they do that for three weeks, and then they all have a bye, and then they test during this time. They travel to their next bubble site, and then they play their next three games. And so they do that, and it would cut out a couple of games. Right. You do that five times to get 15 games out of it. Um, and then you'd be able to start the playoffs after that. I think, that, I mean, this is obviously just Speculate. total like yeah. speculation. Like, I mean, this would re- they would really have to like lock stuff down. Like, they would have True. to like, you know, get like potentially like one or two separate hotels per site. Um, like, yeah, test like the bus drivers who are taking them in. Like, it'll be, it would be really hard to do. But that's like the way that you could like ultimately ensure safety for like everyone involved. It's yeah, it's a start. for And sure. the NFL is big enough that they could pull something like this off. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what plan they come up with like i feel like once they get to training camp the players are going to be pretty safe because like where else are they going to go like right you don't really leave training camp it's like once they kind of disperse and like get ready for the season like yeah how do they handle things i know like russell wilson was like hey my wife's pregnant like yeah. we have young kids like they're concerned there's a whole lot of other players that you know that have family members who are sick who have um other uh other medical issues that are like have them concerned and so yeah um it'll be interesting i hope i hope they work something out i know i understand it's tricky because like the trickiest part's got to be you know teams from different states those different states have different restrictions right. so it's like a lot of the california teams like can they gather like who, yeah i don't know yeah like, so like here in utah like they could potentially have fans in the stands for like right. if there was a game played here. Right. I guess we don't have an NFL team. Three years, um, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, but like in California or like New York, like yeah, you like know, where they're gonna, what's gonna, how they're are they not gonna, gonna have any fans there, right? And so it's gonna be interesting. I know. I think it was Jacksonville released a plan. <laughs> they're gonna have like twenty percent capacity at their games. Wow. Um. So I I expect if we see fans in the stadiums it's gonna be between 20 to 40 percent depending on the state right um depending on the local guidelines and stuff like that and yeah like that's just for the nfl though like man college football is just a whole different story i mean yeah we saw everything that happened with byu there's no central governing body mm-hmm. for the ncaa like there's different amounts of money that go out to like different conferences yeah. like you know the sec is like on one end of the power five spectrum the Pac-12 is on a whole nother, and then you have Groupify, which is just making like a very small fraction yeah. of what these Power Five teams are. And so, like, how can you really control testing for it? Like, for sure. you know, I feel like, fortunately for our local FBS programs, like, I feel like they're all well off enough that they could make it work. Obviously, yeah. with Utah being in the Pac-12, BYU being a self-sustaining independent, and then. Mm. 
like if you're in a group of five conference, like I feel like the Mountain West is like the place to be. So like Utah State, yeah, I feel like should be okay place. and is in a good position. But and but I mean we say that, and it doesn't apply to all sports even. We we're just talking about football, right? Because yeah. I mean like a lot of the other auxiliary sports in the group of five schools are in trouble, and even worse, like the FCS schools, man, like. Jeremiah Jensen said this earlier tonight or earlier on Sunday where he's like, a lot of the SCS school are going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, I mean, we already saw that a lot of the East Coast conferences. So are like the Ivy League playing. canceled football. Yeah. I think the Colonial. Um, sorry, fall sports as a whole. And so, right. yeah, like football is kind of what like brings in the money for those programs. And it's what makes it so other programs can compete. Like we saw what happened with Stanford. They cut, I believe, 11 varsity sports. They mm-hmm. went from 36 to 25. Now, that's still more than – so, like, for example, like, BYU has 21 sponsored varsity sports, Utah's 20, and Utah State has 16. So it's still way more right. than most other schools. But, like, a lot of sports that they cut, this is concerning for, like, international students because yeah. – that's how they're getting scholarships to pl- play um, to go to school in the United States, where right. they normally wouldn't have that opportunity. And to be fair, like you know, Stanford had a lot of these sports, like that a lot of schools don't have, like fencing mm-hmm. and right. garbage, like <laughs> not garbage, <laughs> but you know, unique just stuff, unique Olympic stuff. sports, yeah. Olympic sports, yeah. yeah. And so um, it's just it's going to be interesting to see the economic impact on college sports, and we're already starting to see that. I'm kind of starting to unfold, but like I don't think we're going to get the full picture probably for like another year or so. Um, once like you know they have like another calendar year with all this going on, um, without ticket sales, without um, I, I the t- TV contracts, I'm sure are going to be pretty similar. But like mm-hmm. the the game contracts that they're going to have to be bought out and stuff like that. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, yeah, and then you know high school is going to be just like. Man, I don't even know. Like, I I feel more confident in a weird way. I know this sounds weird, but I I feel that high school is more likely to happen. I feel like there's less of a chance that it's interrupted. Uh Um, I feel like they're going to put some sort of, like, like rules in place where, like, there's only, like, two um, fans allowed per player in the stands. Like, something like like that. Family only or something. Like, family only. Like, no students. No, just, like, random community members. They're going to limit the number of people on the sidelines. But I feel like, in some way, we're going to have a full season of high school football throughout the state. Now, it could be, you know, all two-way schools, like Duchesne and Milford, you know, some weeks are, like, the only two teams playing. But and we have to, you know, like kind of like with college football in the states, you know, it kind of depends on counties, right? Like, yeah. What counties allow their their what restrictions to slide or whatever? Right. Right. Um, yeah, I do. I and I. It's interesting, but like I, I hope high school sports happen more than the rest of them, if that makes sense. Like I hope high school sports happen because. You know, a lot of these kids that play sports, this is this is as far as they'll go, right? Right. Like, they don't have a chance to make up for this. Like, NFL yeah. players, like, they still have contracts. Um, uh, NCAA, like, college football players, like, there's going to be some sort of rule that's going to be implemented where sure. they'll still maintain a year, the year of eligibility that they lost. Mm-hmm. But for high school football players, like, we saw what happened in the spring with, like, baseball, soccer, softball, yeah. tennis, golf, like... A lot of those athletes lost their final year of competition 
And fortunately, they were able to make up for it with like some sort of tournament. But it's still like not the same as like yeah. getting that full season in. And it was really like like the carpet was just like yanked out from underneath them. It was really unfortunate. Yeah, and so I hope I hope the the high school season uh, actually goes through. I I hope for the sake of those kids for it, sure. Plus, it's like my favorite thing. That it's we so cover. fun. Like yeah. it's so fun, and like we get so hyped about like these kids who, you know, like are just doing. S- like such great things on like Friday nights, like under the Friday night lights. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, we're excited for game night live. I think we're three weeks away from the first week of the season. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. I like it. So hopefully things go off without a hitch. If you're listening to this, like when you were going out in public, like wear a mask, socially distance, encourage others to do the same so we can get football back. So your kids can play football and uh, yeah, we're excited, but Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to be joined now by the one and only Mitch Harper. He's our BYU Mm. insider for KSLsports.com. We're going to talk to Mitch about some of these things that are going on with the coronavirus pandemic, how it's affecting BYU football, both positively and negatively. Yes, BYU may benefit from this. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. And we're happy to be joined now on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast by BYU football insider for KSLsports.com, Mitch Harper. Mitch, how you doing today, man? Doing great, guys. I'm glad to be back on the Sports Beat After Hours. It's been a minute, so it feels good to be back. Yeah, I think the last time we had you on, um, it was kind of under like dire circumstances when Kobe passed away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It's been a long time, but uh, glad to be back. Congrats on your guys' reboot now that sports are coming back into <laughs> Hi, Gear. It's uh, good to have Sports Beat After Hours back as well. Yeah, this is the Out of Quarantine edition. So um, we got a lot to talk about, though, starting off with BYU football. Uh, big news the last couple of weeks. Five games stopped from or dropped from the Cougars' schedule. Uh, Mitch, what, what do you think they're going to do to figure this out? Yeah, I, I think BYU is making every effort possible to make a season happen. Uh, you know, BYU is, I think, looked at the COVID-19 with the, the, the fact that they want to ha- they're going to put all the resources necessary to keep the student athletes healthy. But at the same time, they want to have a season because I think as we all know, uh, it's so critical for these college athletic departments to have football because it funds everything else. So I think BYU is going to have a, uh, do everything they can to have a season. Now, political pressures could, possibly sway and derail college football from happening this fall, but it won't be at fault of BYU from not trying. So I expect the Cougars to to get some games. I mean, the report about BYU and Alabama is fantastic. Uh, we're hearing that Tom almost supposed to talk on BYU TV coming up sometime soon, maybe tomorrow on Monday. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see where things go with this, and, and I think that BYU – uh, it's going to somehow, some way, put together a football schedule, and hopefully we get to see it play out. That's awesome. And, Mitch, real quick, do you think uh, if this Alabama matchup is going to happen, and you know, all sources tell us that it's likely to happen, do you think that could set off a chain reaction to where we fill the other holes in the schedule with SEC teams? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think that BYU, the thing that works for BYU is that uh, they're willing to meet the protocols necessary that any league will set out in terms of testing and what the NCAA is putting out. You know, BYU is in a situation where, unlike Group of Five or FCS teams, they they financially can provide the necessary testing protocols 
to adhere to these leagues. So that's where BYU, I think, financially and well, scheduling-wise, can be uh, benefit benefit from this COVID-19, and that's why you could potentially see BYU playing Alabama. Because I know the Crimson Tide uh, potentially wanted to get maybe just a, an FCS game on the docket, they have a pay a buy game, but the FCS schedules, uh, those programs aren't really able to afford these testing protocols right now, and that's going to be something that could potentially impact that. So lucky for BYU, they might have the chance to go to Tuscaloosa and play the Crimson Tide, and you know maybe Texas A&M could be in the mix as well. I know Texas A&M's AD mentioned BYU by name when talking about programs that have openings on the schedule, and and obviously it helps with BYU too that they have ESPN right alongside them. So BYU is willing financially to commit to things, but also have a great TV partner as well to make both parties happy and make a, a great television event for whichever game lines up. So I guess the next question that we want to know is how is BYU going to match up with this Crimson Tide? I mean, obviously Alabama is just an absolute powerhouse, but what opportunity are these guys going to have? Like, is there a chance? Is there a chance, Mitch? <laughs> I, I think there's always a, a chance, you could say, right? Uh, it's college football. Anything can happen, especially if maybe we see limited capacity uh, or attendance numbers at uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium, assuming that it would play in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, I, I think that one thing I will feel confident saying is that BYU will show out a lot better against Alabama than they did three years ago against LSU if this game does in fact happen because I saw that brought up on social media saying, you know, why would BYU fans be cheering this? You're not even get past the 50 yard line. Hey, that was the worst BYU football offense. I think any of us have ever witnessed back in 2017. I feel pretty confident in saying this offense for BYU will look a lot better than what they did in 2017. But I mean, yeah, Alabama is the gold standard though. When it comes to college football, they'll be, probably in the top three in the AP polls at the beginning of the season. Uh, they're just a machine. And the, the type of talent they get is just something to the level which BYU truly has never seen uh, under Kalani Sataki. Well, I mean, the closest being LSU, but this is even another level, in my opinion, when you're talking about literally the whole two deep is five and four-star recruits. Uh, BYU has, by comparison, four uh, players that were four-star recruits uh there's a huge disparity in that regard but you can't tell me that guys like kairos tonga and matt bushman wouldn't be hyped at the opportunity to get film against a program like alabama because if those guys have a huge day like say bushman goes off for nine catches and you know 100 yards uh he's going to be rising up nfl draft board just because it's against alabama it's, it's against nick saban uh byu has faced many great coaches in the history of BYU football over there, but none are probably tougher to go up against than that of Nick Saban. So it would be a remarkable test. I don't think BYU would come out victorious, guys. But, I mean, just because Alabama is such a talented team, but they do have a new quarterback. It's the era post-Tua Tagovailoa, so maybe there's some opportunity in a week one setting. But, uh, you know, it's just that's the, type of, but that's the type of game, though, you want to play because Kalani Tataki has always said, he wants to measure himself up against the best. And, and BYU, as Colin Coward said, they're never willing to shy away from playing great teams. And that's what truly has made BYU football great over all these decades for so many years. Absolutely. Now, Mitch, I'm wondering what else can BYU fans maybe expect with the rest of the schedule? Who else are they maybe going to see um, 
once this uh, once Tom Holm was able to work his magic? Are we going to see some Mountain West schools, some independents, maybe some home and homes with teams like New Mexico State and Liberty? Yeah, I really think the Mountain West is the element here that I think will be very interesting. I, I expect the Mountain West Conference uh, to allow some of their teams to play BYU. And, you know, we've talked about it off the air, guys, but I think, you know, that conference only plus one model, I think we could see that in the SEC, and that's what might be allowing BYU and Alabama to potentially square off, uh, possibly BYU and Texas A&M, but also Mountain West teams as well. Uh, it's just because geographically it makes a ton of sense, and financially, hey, BYU might have the, the money necessary to maybe do a, pay, uh, a buy game to bring a program in the Mountain West Conference out to Provo and make that thing work and put it on an ESPN or an ESPN2 or ESPNU, whatever it may be. So uh, I think the Mountain West Conference is an element that's kind of getting overlooked a bit because I think it's well documented with the tension between those two sides. But there's no bad blood on BYU's side. I think it's the Mountain West Conference has got to realize, hey, let's get a football season off the ground and make this thing work. And then I think, lastly, I think with the independent programs, Liberty, I would definitely expect them to be on the schedule because, uh, financially, they got the money necessary, and I think they're looking at COVID-19 and, as one of those conspiracy theorists and saying, this isn't real. We're going to just play in front of COVID-19 and, and tackle it head on. I, I could see that coming out of Liberty. But, uh, you know, maybe some of the other independents, though, they might financially not be able to pull off the testing and the cross-country travel if, in fact, they were to play BYU. So I'm looking at UConn and UMass. But an army might be a situation where they're saying, is this worth spending government dollars to be traveling across the country for pretty much meaningless games? So I would expect Liberty to be on the schedule out of those independents. And I, and I hope, guys, that BYU can somehow get Notre Dame on the schedule just because the Irish do owe BYU a, a trip to Provo, one game. Uh, it would make so much sense on that November 28th date between that was supposed to be BYU and Stanford for the Cougars and Irish to square off in the true holy war and see that happen in Provo. But uh, we can't get too gritty. We just want to hope to see a football season. Am I right? Mitch, that's a great segue because I wanted to ask you this one question. You mentioned Notre Dame, the other independent that owes BYU a game. There is a rumor, and I'm not going to say who I heard it from. There's a rumor that there are a couple Pac-12 schools trying to schedule a non-conference game one of them being Stanford Notre Dame. How, if that comes to fruition, how much are BYU fans going to lose their minds? Oh, they would be furious. Uh, you know, because I, I think a lot of BYU fans right now are just uh, very upset over the thought of not playing Utah. Now, I know Cougar fans; some of them are probably like good riddance because they don't want to suffer the tenth loss. Others want that opportunity to continue the rivalry and keep it going. But I think if that does happen. It'll just make people upset about the Pac-12 conference bending over backwards for Notre Dame, a program that geographically is nowhere near their footprint in the Pac-12 conference. And BYU can follow the same testing protocols as well, just like the Irish. Why would you not bend over backwards to let Utah and BYU happen? So, yeah, Cougar fans would be upset, and I think rightfully so, and they should if that did in fact happen because it makes no sense to make an exception for a program that's out in Indiana to potentially travel to the coast or, or go to or have a team from the Bay Area go out to Notre Dame, it doesn't make sense, uh, especially when you got two programs that are out of conference 45 miles apart in Utah 
a state that's less impacted than the state of California. Uh, it would be by COVID-19. It would be, uh, BYU fans, I can already imagine the outrage on social media and the message boards. It would not be good, but I'd pull out the popcorn and, and uh, enjoy every second of it if it did happen. I think we all would, Mitch. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, we would definitely do a great job of covering it at kslsports.com. Um, but just remind us, what are you up to? Like, what are you working on? Tell us where we can find your work, uh, digital, audio, whatever you got going on. Tell us about it. Yeah, so right now, a lot of stuff on kslsports.com. I'm, I'm still rolling along. I'm getting to get a fire up still to position previews uh, this for the BYU football season because I'm going to try to remain somewhat optimistic that a football season will happen. We've had some interviews on Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio with players and coaches of each position group, but now I'm going to put it on uh, the written form on the digital side. So look forward to that. And then also two podcasts on Cougar Tracks and Cougar Sports Saturday. Always staying busy, uh, kslsports.com. And and we got some plans, too, as well. If there isn't a football season, I mean, heck, I, I could be doing a lot more high school football, maybe some NFL. We'll, we'll keep our options open here, but uh, I'm really hoping we see college football because especially now with seeing BYU and Bama thrown out there, I mean, I know Cougar fans just want to see that that game, that opportunity to measure yourself up against the best of the best in college football and truly see the progress that's happening uh, for BYU football under Kalani Sataka. Because, you know, I was talking with Phil Steele last week, and he was saying that this is the best BYU football team Kalani Sataka's had since he's been the head coach. And remember, I mean, Kalani Sataka coached a team that had Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and Kainakua, and they won nine games. And if you're better than that team, I mean, that to me says at least nine wins, maybe ten uh, if you do play a full schedule. So improvement should happen this year. And if we can see the season take place and get a chance against Bama, that'd be a great setup for BYU football in 2020. Well, thank you, Mitch. He's our uh, Cougar Sports Insider uh, for KSLSports.com. And again, you said he's got, as he said, he has two podcasts, uh, Cougar Sports Saturday and Cougar Tracks. You can catch him again on KSLSports.com covering the Cougars, the hashtag Go Cougs. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks. Hey, no no problem, guys. Happy as always to do it. Let me know if you need me again. Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you to Mitch Harper. Welcome back to the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Um, again, we are back from hiatus, getting ready for all things sports, ramping back up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a little bit of a sports pop culture crossover right now. We're going to be talking Madden 2021. Yes. Um, the new Madden scores just came out this past weekend. And man, some good scores for some local players, dude. dude I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I, f- I feel like Utah doesn't get, Utah as the state doesn't get the clout that it deserves. I oh, think, for sure. I think this year we were able to see a lot of Madden, Madden ratings reflect the quality of players that are coming out of out of the state. So, uh, yeah, Zach, let's get right into it and let's talk about um, some local guys. Um, and let's talk about why we think Utah State fans should care about this Madden rating system thing. Yeah, so we got, um, I mean, let's look at it. The top player in the state yep. is Bobby Wagner. Absolutely. 98. Now, that's actually down a point from last year. Right. He, he was, was a 99, 99 last year. Got those gold cleats. Yeah. 
So a little bit of disappointment there for Bobby <laughs> Wagner, but like he's still the best middle linebacker in the league. So like, good. Dude, he's such a stud. He's on my favorite team. He's like the defensive anchor for one of the best defenses. Yeah. You know, we got a Super Bowl out of him. We got two trips to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, a dominant performance against the Broncos. So um, he's yeah. still in his peak too, which is oh really yeah, great. like he still has like another like five or six years yeah, that he could play absolutely. if he really wants to. Like he's such a he's a stud, man. I love I love Bobby Wagner. Right. Um, coming up after B Wags, we got um, uh, I think the next highest ranked player was uh, Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. He got an eighty-seven. It's his third year in the league. Looking for his first uh, Pro Bowl appearance this year. It tripped to the Super Bowl last year as a second-year yeah. player with the 49ers. He had a great, great season. Like He's really developed into a really special player. Um, man, I'm excited for Fred, man. Yeah, he's on his way. He's uh, He obviously anchors the defense. He's a leader on the team. Um, and, you know, going to the Super Bowl, your second year doesn't hurt. So, uh, yeah, Fred's got a lot of ceiling left to climb for sure yeah and so we're only touching on part of the players um so they the let me um pair or let me kind of set up like the parameters for this madden has not released rankings for guys that are free agents so guys like ziggy ansa um luke falk um i think those are the two main guys that really came to mind uh, Marcus Kemp, I believe, is a free agent right now. Yeah. Um, but we're going to go over just some of the top guys, um, and then you can check out that full list on kslsports.com. Kyle Ireland put that together for us. Uh, so Bobby Wagner, 98. Fred Warner, 87. And then Kyle Van Oy, another BYU product, in 86. Mm-hmm. He's now with the Miami Dolphins. Um, big ups for Kyle Van Oy after, you know, like he was kind of written off after his time in Detroit. Right. Um, revamped mm-hmm. his game a little bit. Uh, kind of made a name for himself as part of that historically good New England uh, defense, and yeah. then gets a chance to get paid, and he's going to go play in South Beach. Yeah, it, things couldn't be better for Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. He's got his Super Bowls. He's still got a lot of time left in the league. Like he's yeah. he's a spring chicken, right? Right, and he's going to South Beach to party and play football. Yeah, he's got it made, man. Good for him. Where I'm very envious of him. Yeah. Uh, and then the highest rated Utah player is actually Marcus Williams, safety with New Orleans Saints. He's an 85. So uh, that kind of rounds out those top players that we have. Um, let's move on, to though, to the top rookies, okay? Let's do it. Uh, top rookie, surprise, surprise, Jordan. Uh, or sorry, it's Jalen Johnson. He was a 73. Terrell Burgess, a 72. Then Jordan Love, a 71. Yeah. Um, so those are all, and then uh, Zach Moss actually rounds out. He's the last um, rookie to end up over seventy. He got seventy even. So those are all the rookies uh, that got seventies. Those are mostly guys that are expected to contribute pretty heavily. Absolutely. Um, their first year, obviously Jordan Love won't because of what's going on with uh, who he's backing up, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. But uh, like Jalen Johnson, Trail Burgess, and Zach Moss, like we're going to expect big things out of them this year, sure. and their ratings are going to go up. All great players. I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Terrell Burgess was as high as, as he was. I'm not saying it's, it's not justified because he's yeah. a fantastic player. It's just interesting that like of all the Utah guys that his, his is that high and that, um, 
you know, I, I think he'll do great things. Jordan Love obviously will get his shot some sometime in the near future. He'll be right. groomed. I mean, he just signed a fully guaranteed contract. Like, yeah. he's getting ready to be the next quarterback for the Packers. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of great guys. I'm, I'm excited to see them play for sure. Now, one of the most interesting ratings, and I'm sure that people, well, maybe you won't be if you're a Utah fan, but a lot of BYU fans will be interested to see, where did Taysom Hill end up? He got yeah. a 64, and this is kind of surprising because he was like the third fastest quarterback mm-hmm. um, after I think it was uh, so it was Lamar Jackson and then Kyler Murray and then I believe Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have been fourth. Don't completely quote me on that, but he scored a 90 on speed, but like everything else like wasn't great. So he ended yeah. up with a 64 rating. Um, so yeah, Superman got a 64. I think it's yeah, that's it doesn't matter. Like these all don't really matter because what you what matters is getting a ring, right? Yeah. And um I think Taysom Hill will get a ring someday if he stays with the Saints because they're such a good team. Drew Brees is Okay, so if Drew Brees doesn't get canceled, here's another thing that happened over the quarantine. Um yeah, if 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 Drew Brees doesn't get canceled, man, that's they're still a good squad, and so I think even if he gets a sixty-four, he's going to get a ring eventually. Yeah, I think. I think so too. Um, anyway, we are going to take another quick break, and we have now joining the show Spencer Linton. He's our uh, KSL sports anchor. He wraps up that trio of JJ and Sam. He's our fill-in anchor, mm-hmm. also the host of BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we're going to be back talking a little bit more BYU football. Obviously, this is a pretty interesting topic with BYU having five games dropped. So um, him being uh, uh, kind of behind the scenes a little bit with some of the stuff, um, having hit the connections that he does, mm-hmm. we're going to talk to him about his perspective on what's going on and uh, we'll have him share his thoughts. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. We are joined now by, man, he holds so many titles, KSL Sports Anchor, host of BYU Sports Nation, BYU Sports Play-By-Play, Spencer Linton. Spencer, glad to have you with us, man. Hey, it's good to be with you guys. You can add a uh, neighborhood garbage man, um, <laughs> anything else you'd like to my title as well. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Well, hey, we're having you on today because we want to talk about the news that came out on Saturday about BYU football and Alabama football. Roll Tide. We want Bama. Uh, We are potentially going to see this matchup um, that, you know, you want to test yourself. Kalani Satake has talked about wanting to test himself against the best teams in college football. Now it looks like he may have his chance. Yeah, if it comes to fruition, and, you know, talking with you and with Hema, um, this isn't entirely out of the blue. You know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that when the Pac-12 won conference only, that USC was going to lose non-conference games to open up the season with Alabama, scheduled for Jerry's World in uh, the Dallas area at the Cowboy Stadium, and they were going to lose a non-conference game with Notre Dame. And it just so happens that that first week coincided with BYU losing Utah in what was a very anticipated season opener in Salt Lake City. So you put two and two together and think, well, why not just have BYU play Alabama? And everyone raises their eyes and thinks, yeah, right. Well, this is where it's big for ESPN to be in BYU's corner. ESPN wants to protect uh, protect their investment. And 
whether you want to argue about how much BYU football is worth, they're worth something and a lot of things to ESPN. So because ESPN is in BYU's corner, this is where the potential big-time matchup can come into play, uh, whether it be with Alabama. I mean, last week, Texas A&M was rumored. Oklahoma State has been rumored. The point is uh, the conferences that have not gone conference only to this point are very interested in playing BYU because they too have lost out on games with the Big Ten and Pac-12 going conference only. So it's not entirely off the radar, but there there is some um, something majestic about the idea of playing what has largely been college football's top program in the dynasty over the last ten years under Nick Saban. I think that's absolutely right. In fact, I I'm excited. Um for the Alabama matchup, mostly because um, it'll be it's it's another opportunity for BYU to rise to the occasion, right? I I'm gonna be honest when I say I didn't think they had any shot against Wisconsin when BYU went and played at Wisconsin, but they pulled it off, and it was one of the funnest games I'd ever seen. And I and, and I'm excited and expecting that this matchup will be really similar to that. Sure, and you know, I mean, the, the hard part about this one is. We are living in a world, the COVID-19 world, where realities change from one day to the next. Um, But while it is still uh, a likelihood that BYU and Alabama match up in week number one, um, you just never know. Like, What what is COVID-19 going to force the college football and the NCAA world to do? Um, Hopefully, it's not much more than it already has. Uh, impacted it, that uh, we can figure out a way to play these games, whether it be with no fans in the stands, you know, a few thousand fans in the stands, limited media. I don't know what it's going to be. But that's the important thing to remember here is even though Alabama and BYU could get to the point where they're like, okay, yes, we're going to play the game if the SEC decides to not go conference only or they do conference plus one, um, and they're opting to play BYU in that non-conference game. Um, and if uh, health and safety of the players and coaches and personnel are able to be upheld. And so it's just the gears are constantly turning at all times. And so, I, I mean, I want, I, I want to get excited. The, the idea of BYU playing Alabama is so fun. Um, but then you start to think about everything else that has to line up and play. And where is this game going to be played? Is is the neutral site location totally off the board now? I'm guessing it is, but I don't know. We haven't heard. Um, if it's in Tuscaloosa, are they going to allow any fans into the stands? What, what media are there? Or is it just strictly something that you can only stream uh, on ESPN? And, you know, they'll, they'll be pumping crowd noise into the broadcast, but there will be no fans in the stands. I, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I'm assuming you guys are in my boat where it's just like, hey, fans are not, media are not, just get the cameras rolling, play the game, figure out a way to keep the players as healthy as possible, and just make it happen. Um, so hopefully the reality we're dealing with in this moment is the reality tomorrow and for weeks to come. And, you know, if BYU has to lose the rivalry game against Utah, uh, I think it's uh, an easier pill to swallow if you end up playing Alabama to open the season. 
Yeah, it definitely sweetens it a little bit. That that sting really hurts um, from losing the rivalry game. But what a great opportunity for guys like Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga for their senior year. Um, they decide to wait a year um, before declaring for the NFL draft to come back for their senior year, improve their stock, and then they get a chance to play against the best of the best. This is a pretty good reward uh, for staying the path and staying four years at BYU. No question. And that's why Kyrus Tonga takes to social media and says, we don't want to smoke. We will play anybody. Uh, they, they are so hungry for just any opportunity to play against top-tier competition. And so when Utah and Michigan State and Arizona State and Minnesota and Stanford went off the board in a period of about 36 hours, you can imagine how defeated and how demoralized that guys like that were. Um, and so th- this is a drop in the right bucket of, of optimism. Okay, hey, you know, give us Alabama, uh, try and work out something with Texas A&M, ESPN, help us just put together a schedule. And I'm, I'm hoping that there is nine or at least nine or ten games. I know everyone's hopeful that well, maybe there could be more, but honestly, if there were nine or ten games for BYU and they could add on a couple of power fives uh, from these conferences that, that opt to not go conference only, then you're rewarding those senior players. And I think about Devontae Henry Cole, too, who transfers from Utah, and I just want him to have that opportunity. You know, he's coming to Provo. He's got some things to prove clearly. So disappointing he doesn't get to play against his former team. But, you know, you can sweeten the deal if uh, you can add an SEC team, a Big 12 team, and, and see what else ESPN conference, if you will, for BYU can, can put together. So I'm with you there. I'm just super stoked that the seniors um, are now having something go in the right direction. And my fingers crossed I and mean, prayers that they just have a chance to show what they can do. I think you're absolutely right. I was also looking forward to see what uh, Devonta Henry Cole was would be able to do. Um, now, kind of to switch gears a little bit, I wanted to know what your reaction would be. You mentioned Stanford, and it's devastating BYU losing that. Uh, Sta- well, devastating is probably too strong of a word, but it's it's not great that BYU dropped their Stanford uh, matchup because of the uh, the Pac-12 going conference only. What would your reaction be, and what do you foresee? BYU Nation's reactions would be if Stanford tried to pursue an outside-of-conference game and to keep it on the schedule, and what if that game was Stanford-Notre Dame? Mm. Yeah, that would definitely throw um, some raw emotions into the mix for sure because at what point can one school supersede uh, a decision that's been made by the entire conference? And, and does the conference allow other schools then to pursue a game outside of league play that is in the other team's best interest? Because if that happens, you can imagine the fallout that would happen from teams like BYU and even USC, who is uh, saying, well, why is Stanford get to play Notre Dame? We want to play Notre Dame. We've got a longer tradition relatively speaking with the USC and Notre Dame and Stanford has with them. There's more history there. So I think it would just cause a lot of uproar um, unless the conference kind of backtracks and says, all right, you know, we want conference only, but things are a little bit better. So we're going to allow some of these uh, traditional rivalries to continue. 
with these contingencies in place and these testing protocols. But, I mean, once you've gone conference only, it's hard to, to um, open that net up wider <laughs> because you've burned some bridges. And let's not forget that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they pulled the plug on non-conference really before all five of the Power Five conferences had a chance to teleconference together and meet with all of this. So this was not done in like one big happy family movement of the Power Five conferences. There are severely differing opinions here. Um, and so it, if Stanford gets that opportunity, I just see a lot of backlash, um, a, a lot of fallout for the Pac-12 conference as a whole, not sticking to their guns. And if you're ultimately going to allow them to do that, why did you why did you call this conference only parameter so early and not just say, hey, let's consider a plus one format, conference plus one, just to leave the door open? Because um, it's it's going to be really difficult if Stanford can pull something off like that uh, to handle all of the backlash and potential lawsuits that could come from other schools that have had those contracts just blow up in their in their faces. So what what makes Notre Dame and Stanford uh, exclusive where a team like USC is now looking at the same scenario and saying, well, we wanted to play Alabama and we wanted to play Notre Dame. Like, what what is that all about? So, I mean, you bring up a fantastic point, but, you know, it, it's, there are so many levels to this. And then just let's throw this on the table, guys. Um, what happens uh, if a conference-only season happens with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and they get to the end and they have a Pac-12 champion and there's a Big Ten champion? And then they say to the college football playoff, hey, we've got our representatives, um, you know, look at their body of work and include them potentially in the college football playoff. At that point, does the committee say, well, now you want to play non-conference teams because there's huge money on the table? you should have thought about that before you decided to go conference only. Like you, you feel like all of a sudden, Oh, now it's convenient and the money is convenient. So we're going to pull off the conference only parameter and we'll allow our conference champion to play a non-conference game in a big money format. It just, there are so many levels here um, that we are approaching. And honestly, as much of a train wreck as it might be, I'm kind of fascinated by it because I feel like every day is going to present something super, super unique. For sure. I mean, we might as well get some some sort of football, some sort of entertainment. Like, that's the important thing, even if it is this conference-only stuff. Um, as long as we get some sort of football and then BYU is able to play a schedule that's competitive – um, and fans can enjoy some wins. That's what really matters. And as long as everyone stays healthy, too, of course. Yeah, health and safety are, are the number one priority. And it's just what's so funny is every government, every state government, every county within a state, for that matter. I mean, you just look at the differences between Salt Lake County and Utah County, which are in some places a stone's throw from each other. And how different the approaches are there. Like it, it just everything is so dependent on local governments and what they're going to allow, and if they're green level or orange level or red level. Um, and then that's also going to come into play here. Of are there going to be fans of this game? Maybe because it's played in a state that has opened up. But then you know Utah travels to California for a game against 
USC or Stanford or UCLA and things are mostly shut down. So does that game have to be moved to Salt Lake City where it's more open or will it be played in California with no fans? And <laughs> just, like, There's so many fluid parts to all of this. Um, but if we want football badly enough, and I think we do, they're going to figure out a way for the games to be played and uh, the fans, whether they are there and they're lucky, few of the lucky thousand that are watching in person or everyone's just watching at home. Like it just, that, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll keep our fingers crossed and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get to that bridge when we cross it. So hoping for the best. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you Spencer for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, good luck with everything. I know you've got a stressful couple of days coming up. So I uh, just want to wish you luck with everything. And uh, we, uh, we uh, appreciate your time. Hey, no problem. I want the smoke, man. I want the smoke, whether it's from Alabama. I want the smoke of uh, moving houses. And I want the smoke of being on Sportsbeat After Hours podcast, baby. Let's go. I love it, man. Hey, thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Have a good one, man. Thank you again to Spencer. He's our guy. Always love talking to Spence. Good, good dude. Um, I actually get to hang out with him on Friday. Nice. But you're going to be out of town, so you don't yeah, to do that. But. I'm going to be heading to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we're going to feature some of those conversations. You're going to go out and see your parents. Yeah. You're going to talk to your dad, and we're going to feature that conversation with Lake Hemuli on part two of this Sportsbeat After Hours Returns episode. Um, but speaking of dads, mm-hmm. Hema, you became a dad during the quarantine. I did. So again, let's yeah again. <laughs> let's start by uh, let's talk quarantine. What we've been up to. Let's do our quarantine in sixty seconds. Okay? Let's go. So I'm going to time you. I want you to tell me everything you've been up to. Okay. <clears throat> since quarantine started, ready, set, go. <gasps> All right. So uh, during quarantine, I turned thirty-three years old. I'm now thirty-three years, three months, twenty days old. I am in what I like to call my uh, Jesus year. I had a baby girl, number three of my kids. I cur- so I currently have a five-year-old, a four-year, uh, two-year-old, and a four-month-old. She's four months old. Okay. My baby girl. Okay. Uh, let's see what else happened. You got uh, thirty-five seconds. Ah, okay. Uh, I finished my half-sleeve tattoo, a Frosty tattoo. Shouts to Fred Frost and Lala Ellsworth, who we'll talk talk to you a little bit later. Uh, my oldest turned five. He's going to go to kindergarten this year. I got a new pet, a black cat. We called him Thunder Twenty cat. seconds. Uh, I finished my backyard and my front yard by doing the landscaping sprinkler system. Blah blah blah. That stuff really sucked. Um, like I mentioned, I'm going to Colorado. My parents officially moved to Colorado. Ten. And, uh, yeah, I didn't get the COVID. I haven't been tested, but I'm pretty sure I don't have it. Five. Whew. Three, two, one. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah. You've been up to a lot, man. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah. I feel like quarantine was longer, but having read this in whatever seconds, I, it doesn't seem that long. Oh, I'm sure that there's so much that we forgot about. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, okay. So your turn? Yes, my turn. Me? So, okay. Let me get my clocks. Do you have your clock already? Yeah, set? I got it. Okay. Okay. I'll start myself. Ready, set, go. Okay. So, I was down in Las Vegas when this all happened. So, <laughs> I literally saw the end of the sports world. I covered the last local sporting event. Um, after that, man, uh, 
my wife and I both celebrated birthdays. We celebrated our sixth anniversary. I turned 26. Um, my uh, son is now 18 months old. Still have one son. Um, uh, don't have any other kids. <laughs> uh, we finished our basement. Um, and so uh, that was a huge project. I did 85% of the work, um, everything except for the uh, mudding and taping for the drywall and Dang. the carpet and the plumbing. Um, I got 20 seconds. Uh, let's see. What else did I do? Um uh, I cleaned out my garage today. <laughs> um, uh, we are in the process of buying a new home. Dude, that's huge. Um, yeah, we're really excited for that. Uh, so we're going to be moving again after just a year. Um, and I think that's everything that happened to me. I watch a lot of movies. Oh, man. No one watch watches movies like you watch movies. You yeah. like really get it done. Like yeah. I feel like you're so good at if you start a movie, you're going to finish it. Whereas oh, yeah. like... I'll just forget, dude, and I'll yeah. just not pick it back up for yeah. another like month or so. Yeah. Um what else? Oh, I guess one more thing. I lost a bunch of weight during quarantine and like it started before. Like I started so I was doing like and I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast before we came back. But we uh me, my dad, and my brother did like a weight loss contest. I ended up losing I believe thirty three pounds. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Um and I felt pretty good about it, and I've kind of r- relaxed a little bit in the time. So I was, like, working out in my unfinished basement. Yeah. And while I was finishing the basement, like, I put, like, all my exercise equipment away because I didn't want it to, like, get wrecked. Right. Um, and so I kind of got out of that routine a little bit. Um, and so I'm getting back into it, but I'm having a hard time, like, being having that same consistency. Like, I was very good about, like, working out, like, every single day. But, like, I've still been, like, kind of, like, working on, like, projects around the house. Yeah. And so, like, um, I'll, like, do something and then I'll be, like, oh, crap, I ran out of time to work out. So, um, yeah, what else? I read a bunch of books. Now, I should have written all this down. Like, I'm learning Spanish. Dude. I read a bunch of books. Um, I got a new smoker, so I've been, like, smoking a bunch of food. Um, sold some stuff on KSL. Bro, I got a, I just got a griddle too. Yeah, dude. I, like, I'm surprised dude. that's not the first thing you brought up because like that's your pride and joy. Dude, it's been fun. Yeah, like so you got a new smoker, I got a new griddle. Dude, cooking's been good. It's been yeah. a nice release during the stresses of like trying to figure out something to talk about. Yeah, like it's been it's been pretty nice. Like that's kind of like my escape on like what are our quote unquote weekends. So, like my days off are Mondays and Tuesdays. And I try and, like, do, like, one smaller smoke, so, like, something that's, like, under an hour on, Mm. like, one of those days, and then, like, a longer smoke on the other day. So, like, last week I did ribs, and they turned out awesome. Like, I was so happy with, like, because every time I've made ribs before on a smoker, um, like, on my old one, I always ruined my ribs. I always (laughs) ruined them. Like, I always, like, overcooked them or, like, it was always a problem when I would wrap them, the barbecue sauce would burn. And so the ribs just would always turn out, like, super, like, a thick bark that was, like, unpleasant to, like, bite into. For sure. And, like, I always struggled for some reason with, like, removing the membrane. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, finally, like, this time, like, I figured out how to remove the membrane. I was like, this is a sign. Things are going to go right this time. And, <laughs> and they, they did. did. And, like, I was way happy with them. Like, I ate them for, like, leftovers for, like, two days in a row. And oh. I was like, man, these are good. But you also did, like, a dry rub instead of a sauce, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been, like, super into, like, rubs lately, like, as I, like when I've been smoking. 
Like, I'm really into like Meat Church. Oh yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard of that. I've seen. I mean, I see the ads all the time. It's because my phone listens to me when I'm talking with you. Right. But uh, yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, speaking of like targeted ads. <laughs> yeah. So I mentioned that I am trying to learn how to speak Spanish. So I yeah. am, I've downloaded the app Duolingo. I think I'm on like day nine or ten. Oh, good. And so I've got I, a streak going. Yeah, I've got a streak going. I feel pretty confident. In, like, if I needed to like ask like basic directions, to, like find like a specific building, like a bank or a hotel or Gee, something yeah. like that, I could do it. Cool. Uh, a museo, a museum. Yeah. Um, I could order like very like basic things like off the menu, like uh, hamburguesa, sandwiches, con con queso. <laughs> like, so I need like a hamburger with cheese. Yeah. Or like a. You you like you were listening to me like practice like during my break today, and it was like un sandwich de queso, <laughs> so like a cheese sandwich, um, and so yeah, like I feel like confident with like some of the basic stuff. But anyway, um, I got an ad today. Uh, I'm so I'm looking at buying a truck, and the reason why is like we're getting ready to move, and like with this whole project, like finishing our basement, like right. I was transporting stuff in my Mazda 3, which is, like, a hatchback. But, like, if you ever seen, like, pictures of, like, people, like, sticking, like, a 12-foot board, like, out their front <laughs> window and it's, like, sticking through the trunk, that was me several times on several yeah. trips to Home Depot. And so um, my wife and I basically talked and we're like, okay, we're going to have, like, you know, like, once we move, like, we're going to have to, like, do our yard. We're going to do fencing. Like, my wife, like, wants to, like, build, like, a – like. Um, garden boxes so yeah. i was like we're gonna have like all these projects going on like, i feel like i'm kind of like in the stage of life where i need a truck and so i've been looking at trucks and so i got a truck advertisement today in spanish oh my god yeah <laughs> i did not see that coming that's yeah. great that's that fantastic. is nuts huh <laughs> so i was like oh my gosh like my phone is listening to me it's real freaked bro. me out man freaked me <laughs> out but anyway uh um meat church a- and spanish trucks yeah. That's dope. Yeah, meat church and Spanish trucks. Like that those are like the targeted ads that I'm getting. That and uh I've been looking at like cutting boards, like a big nice cutting oh, board. Because yeah. like I only have like cheap dinky little plastic ones. Yeah. That are like like fourteen by two or like twelve by eight or something. Like they're just not big. I want like a big like twenty four by like sixteen inch one that like I could put like a big like piece of meat on and yeah. like slice it up, you know, rather than do the salt like, bay thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, dude, it's like that's similar to like because I we've talked about this too. Like I'm thinking about getting my MBA or whatever and going yeah. back to school. Yeah, I've, I see MBA like ads. All oh the time. really? Yeah, that's on pretty my funny. Social media, the David Eccles School of Business. Yeah, just random online program. All these schools. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, man, yeah. So I think um, with quarantine, like we've really not that we weren't parenting before, but like. Yeah. We're at home a lot more because like we don't have like anywhere else that we're going. Like we didn't go to, we haven't gone to the NBA playoffs. Obviously, we won't be going to the bubble. Um, we didn't go to like um, the NCAA tournament. There's been a yeah. lot of canceled events. Um, we like, fortunately for us, well, fortunately and unfortunately, like we basically work a lot of overtime like year round. Yeah, because there's like, always the only stuff time to that work. we don't is like. Um, like there's this weird pocket, like the end of June, early July, where like right, nothing's mid-summer. really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, where like we kind of see our hours slow down, but like with this, like we're definitely like 
I don't know about you, but like my hours have like gone back drastically just because there's like not much Same. to do around um, the office. We're starting to see that kick up a little bit, obviously, as sports return. But um, yeah, it's been kind of like we're spending a lot more time at home, and so we've had like a lot of time to like stew over some dad advice. And Let's so go. I think we need to bring back some dad advice and Hema. What is going on with you? Like, what's going on with your family of five? <clears throat> okay, so this is this is the crazy part, right? Dad advice. Um, I'm in between. I'm in the stage where you go from two to three kids, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're not playing man to man anymore. You're playing zone. Exactly. The, the 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 changes are twofold, right? There's that the coverage. We need to adjust our coverage. We need to make some second half adjustments, right? Um, but the second not as foreseen change that's been happening is my youngest daughter is now a middle child. Oh and yeah. That is hard. That's a, that's a whole different beast. Is like, she having a hard time with it? I think they all are. Okay. But I think she's noticed the biggest dip in attention levels. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but I'm fortunate that like my middle daughter, her name is Hazel. She's very sweet and very, um, empathetic like she she can sense that things are happening so like she'll notice that like my uh attention's kind of dipped but it's because i'm freaking out over the the baby the youngest one right and but so she tries to be like you know patient and you know she's she's just if she wasn't the middle child i don't know how i would be able to do this stuff, dude it's been crazy um so my dad advice is to not have three kids (laughs) just kidding no it's just uh i don't know i've noticed that okay this is my real dad advice this is the dad advice um during quarantine most people um probably have felt this also where things are a lot more stressful because you're home more like you Mm -hmm. said um you kind of run out of things to do with your kids you can't take your kids to the park and you like you couldn't for a while they don't have school they don't have sports everything's been canceled so it Mm kind of sucks what helps me is it um, is to remember that, you know, patience, they say patience is a virtue, but yeah. it's one of the virtues that is like an earned virtue. Right. You know, so it's like if you want to become a more patient parent and like a more patient person, then you got to do hard things like, you know, grinding listening to your three kids scream all right. day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if if you have a crappy day and you're like, I don't know if I'm being patient or as good as I normally am, just because you think that you are because mm-hmm. you're practicing your patience. Right. And so that'll hopefully that'll help, you know, any of those other parents out there that are having a hard time with all their kids. Yeah. To like remember like at the end of the day when you're like, oh, I don't know if I was a good parent. Just having that presence of mind means you're practicing your patience. Yeah. And you are, in turn, becoming a better parent. I like that. In that sense. That's something that um, I definitely got to keep in mind. Like, I've had a hard time with patience during this. And I just have one kid, but he's, like, in that. Um, so he he's, I think, 20 months old now. He's in a very interesting mm. um, kind, of, kind of period in his life where, um, you know, he's, like, learning to be more independent. Yeah. It's discovery. Like, that's- yeah. So it's like the discovery thing. And like, he's communicating better with us. And like, you know, he like can ask for certain things, uh-huh. but like sometimes like when he tries to do stuff himself, like he just makes like a total mess and like ruins stuff. And so 
it's like having that patience or like sometimes like he doesn't know like when he gets angry like he gets upset and he'll like you know like fling himself down like oh yeah on the floor and just kind of like throw a temper tantrum example i got a text from my wife today i think hayes just broke my nose and i'm like <laughs> what the heck just happened <laughs> apparently like they were sitting on the couch and he loves to watch baby einstein okay like he likes to look at the animals and the animal puppets and stuff like that and listen to the music and the episode finished and he wanted to watch another so he went to go grab the remote it, uh-huh. like he you know will know you know when the sh- episode's over you have to grab the remote to turn on the next episode yeah so he grabbed it to pass to my wife and my wife took it and put it down and said no more and he just smacked his head back and smacked my mm. wife like right on the nose yeah. with the back of his head yeah and she was like still hurt and i like talked to her like several hours later she was still hurting like she was pretty <laughs> not happy but um one of the things that uh you know, as frustrating as that can be, um, and like as easy as as it is sometimes, especially with like everything, like you can't go, like for a long time, like we couldn't take him to the park, couldn't yeah. take him to the zoo, like couldn't take him to go do stuff. Like, there's nothing my son loves more than like going to the store and just like being pushed around in a cart. Like yeah. he loves that, and you just can't really do it. And yeah. so, you know, sometimes there are just like some days where it's so hard, like. He's throwing temper tantrums. Like, it's easy to just go and turn on the TV. Yeah. And just camp him out in front of the TV. But, like, man, like, I've come to the realization, like, with all, like, how fast he's growing. Like, that's missing out, like, on precious time Mm. that you're not going to get back. Like, how much is he going to remember, like, oh, my dad used to let me watch Baby Einstein all the time while mom was at work. Rather than, oh, you know, I remember my dad used to, like, play basketball with me when i was little or like we would like he'd read books with me or like we'd go out and play chalk like in the front yard and so just trying to be do better about like making sure that like he stays active like making Mm -hmm. memories and i'm i know he's only one and he's not gonna remember everything but like it's part of the reason that we're actually like moving is just because like this was so hard at the beginning and my son loves to play outside yeah and we're in a town home and he just like he literally can't go outside and play because we don't have right. like a, a private backyard and we don't have like if he were to go out in the front yard like we have a small like 10 by 12 patch of grass right but like we're right across the street from a park that's like taped off and he can't go over there and he just you know mm-hmm. wasn't old enough to understand why yeah and so that was part of the thing that was like kind of hard and we had to make a really hard decision to move again yeah and so going through that process again but like yeah just making sure that you're present there for them and you know some days it it is okay to you know just hang out and watch tv but like just try and make memories with them and be fun and you know like develop that bond in that relationship and like i've kind of felt that like i've been pretty fortunate like during quarantine like i feel like my son and i have like grown a lot closer and like he'll ask my wife like dada like before right. bed and so that means like he wants to facetime me before he goes to bed or yeah. like so it's been kind of cool and like having him communicate with me like that's you cool. know like he'll tell me like i want a waffle <laughs> so he'll say like waffle and yeah. so like that means that he wants a waffle for breakfast right. like i know what he wants for breakfast on a given day but at the same time like you know his independence can get frustrating so like if i leave like the pantry door open yeah he knows where the the uh 
graham cracker bears are. Yeah. And so he'll go in there, and like the other day, he dumped out a whole box of graham cracker bears on the floor and then yeah. was smashing them and stuff. It's it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. I think, uh, you know, this, what you were talking about just reminded me of like the whole parenting really is all this, it's this balance between like, do you live in the now or do you plan for the future? Yeah. It's it's the suckiest part of being an adult, right? It's right. like um you know when you're planning for the future, when you're actively doing something that affects your future, you're like, God, I really should just be in the present. Right? Yeah. And then while you're watching little Einstein's, you're like, dude, I should probably set these things out so they can have them ready for tomorrow. Right. Or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I've discovered that you will never like really be happy because when you're doing one thing, you're thinking about the other. Right. And what what I think, and I don't know, I could be wrong. If you people out there have kids too, like tell us what you think. Um, your kids will, your kids are a lot more forgiving than you give them credit for. I, I think. think so. Yeah. And so, like, even if you're like, dude, I really should take him to go look for bugs instead of watching yeah. TV. Yeah. He might remember a TV show and be like, oh, that's a good memory because I yeah. remember I used to be with my dad yeah. during it. So, like, um, yeah, it's just it's, – it's the bad part of being an adult. It's like you never feel like you're doing quite enough because um, when you're in the present, you sh- you're like, oh, I should really be preparing for this thing. Right. When you're preparing for something, you're like, oh, I should really live in the moment. But you're always going to be thinking about that stuff. And so I think I think you're a good parent. And it's just. I think you're a good parent too, Emma. Oh. I don't think we give each other. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Parenting's yeah. hard, man. Oh yeah. And if if anyone deserves a break, it's you. You know. Yeah. So like, there's just so many days that like you just feel so defeated, and I feel like. I feel like you feel like you're. I feel like collectively, parents have felt like they're taking more losses, and that's just coming. From communicating, talking to people like. You know, talking to our coworkers, like, like the homeschooling was really rough. Oh yeah, not having sports for their kids, those who have older kids, like, was really rough. Not being able to go and see family, like, man, we went, um, we went from March 11th until Mother's Day without seeing my parents. That's like a month and a half. It was two months. Two months. Yeah. Because I think Mother's Day was like the 12th or something like that. Mm. And so we've seen my parents periodically since. Um, Like we always like go over and like hang out in the backyard and like socially distance. You know, we're always doing it very safely. But like, man, like those two months were really rough for like my son and like my parents were really sad. Like because they love to see like their grandkids. Like he's the only grandkid and like we're fairly close. Like my I live in Lehigh. My parents live in Pleasant Grove. But, yeah. like, man, that distance of just, like, not seeing each other and, like, the only people that we saw um, outside of, like, our immediate family were, like, my wife's sister and her husband because they live in the same neighborhood as us. Right. And so, like, they – and they weren't going anywhere. Like, they basically were just coming over to our home anytime that they left mm-hmm. their home. And so, yeah, like, just thinking about, like – everything that like we've been through collectively the last several months, like, man, it was tough. Yeah. Like, it was really, really tough. And it's crazy to think about too, that it's like, it, it's only been like four, like a 
four or five months, right? Depending on when you started. Four or five months has been the longest four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it could realistically, like worst case scenario, this we're in this for another six months, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think it, I think it's, I think these first few months of the COVID thing have sucked because we were like punched in the face and like, didn't know what was going on. Yeah. We don't know what to believe, like where to go, what we're doing. Yeah. But I feel like as a whole, we're all kind of settled in. We're like, okay, we know what this is now. We know how to cope with it. And so, you know, knock on wood that, you know, we don't have to endure this stuff much longer. But right. I think people can take comfort in knowing that, like, we got this. We can handle it. I think it'll be better. You heard that, everybody. We got this. Boom. Encourage others to just let's do our part. Let's do what we can to help others. You know, and that's not just like wearing a mask in public, like definitely like go and do that. But like if you have family members who you feel like are struggling, like reach out to them, like do yeah. something nice for someone else. That's our challenge this week. Mm-hmm. Go out and do something nice to some, for someone else, whether it's, you know, like dropping off some chip cookies, just going and saying hi or like, you know, pick a random person in your neighborhood that you haven't like met before. and Like do something nice for them. Yep. Um, stop by that lemonade stand on your way home from work, you know, <laughs> for sure. Or like when you're out on a family walk, like wave to your neighbors, like just be friendly because like it's been really hard and not just like the coronavirus, but like everything going on in the country. Like we didn't even touch on the social justice stuff, Yeah. but it's been really hard. Um, and so, um, yeah, just do your part to be better, encourage others to be better. And uh, I think we'll get through this together. We'll get through this together. But, um, yeah, I think that's everything we got for today's episode. Uh, it was good to be back in the studio, Hema. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to be back again next week um, talking some more NBA hoops. We got baseball back. Man, it's going to be a good week. It's good to have sports back. Yep, it'll be fun. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hema Muli Jr. He is Zachary Hicken. We'll catch you on the next section of this podcast. Good night, everybody.